0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: So you're back for more, huh? You like this show, don't you? I knew it. But hey, if I'm wrong, let's just forget this ever happened, all right? But hey, we got a great show for you, and we have an awesome guest. Be right back
1: That was boxed away by Kinnies, teams, on the putback brings so much to
0: this offense. Look at the confidence. So this guy's from Stony Brook, New York, an absolute Long Island legend. His relentless drive and toughness made him a game changer as an all-American two-way midfielder for the Scarlet Knights lacrosse program. He currently works at Boeing in Seattle, Washington, and is a professional lacrosse player for the Archers Lacrosse Club. Not to mention his incredible taste in delis and pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian Mazone. This was opened
2: junior at Stony Brook, New York. Isolation here brought shot to the roof. Another goal for Christian Mazone. Number
1: 21 Christian Mazone never quit on the play. of action here. The foot rockers in front.
0: How are things, man? Um, how have you been? Uh, how have you been handling all this? What's going on? I hope you and your family are healthy and safe. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, haven't looked at the numbers in, in Seattle specifically. I probably should have done that, considering we did a whole podcast episode on the rising numbers. Um, yeah, but but there weren't that many FBS schools in the state of Washington, so so we didn't focus on them too much. But how are you doing, man? What's going on?
2: Yeah, it it was. Uh, I think it was kind of like where it all started. It's like it started in this place, this town called Kirkland. That's where like that um, that initial like breakout was with the nursing home, and that's like forty. That's like twenty five minutes from where I live. So kind of weird that it it was right here. But I've been doing good. I mean, I've been staying home a lot. Gyms are closed, obviously. Working out at, outside and stuff. Uh, Mary and I working from home. So I mean, life honestly it hasn't changed too much. It's just got a lot more boring and staying home and stuff like that. But we're both staying safe and my family's staying safe. So that's all I can uh, be thankful for.
0: Yeah, man, you got to make sure the Seaport deli stays in business.
2: Yeah, bro. I don't even, I, I don't know what they're doing. I know they're still open, but, um, they'll yeah, be all right. That place, that place has no worries, bro. They got, they make plenty of money every day.
0: Yeah. When you charge $14 for a sandwich, you're, you're doing pretty well. Is yeah, it no, worth
1: it though? Do you think?
0: I, no, it was it was good. It was very good. It was very good. Um, the bias in me will not say it's better than Milburn Deli, but but it's very good.
2: Well, what are Milburn's prices?
0: The Milburn prices, yeah, I'd say it's like nine, ten dollars a sandwich. It's pretty expensive too.
2: It's up there, so it's, it's kind of like similar, you know.
0: So, dude, how have you been preparing for PLL season?
2: Yeah, I've I've been uh, getting after it. You know, I mean. I was going to the gym when those were still open once it once that this whole happened like I had to change it up a little bit um you know started doing like more bodyweight stuff and and running and stuff like that but uh we've started doing like uh ond film so I'm starting to learn the terminology for the archers and stuff like that but uh you, you guys know me I mean I I prepare hard but really once it comes to game day like I just lock in and focus up on that so I'm just excited to get out there. Um we have testing in a couple in next week and then we see if we're positive or negative and if we get the good the you know able to go or not. Um so we'll find out soon but I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be sick time and get to watch it on TV, it'll be real cool.
0: Yo, can you talk to Rabel? Can you be like, yo, my boys want Christian Mazzone number six jerseys. Can you be like, yo, put the merch online?
2: Maybe if I put up some Gs in the series, I'll put them up.
0: But you see my tweet? <laughs> I'm not going
2: in there saying, yo, put my jersey up right now.
0: <laughs> Do you see my tweet about, uh, about Rex and all them in the MLL?
2: Yeah, bro, they should have jerseys too.
0: I, I literally said to them, I said, help me help you take my money because I want to spend it.
2: You should get, like, a triple do it, like, Michael I plus Rex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <in their numbers. laughs> and a plus, you know, it's just like a, it's an amalgamation of everybody, you know, with <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. Just have, like <laughs>
0: – Oh, yeah, 100%. Room
1: for everybody.
0: Yeah, so um, going back to the Archers, what was that process like considering there was an entry draft and it's yeah. not like NBA free agency where you can, like, negotiate with um, teams individually?
2: Yeah, so – once the MLL season ended, it was pretty quiet for a while. Like, um, my, my initial plan for myself was to, you know, do well in the MLL and then make the transition to the PLL. Um, and I, I mean, I, I didn't really know what I was expecting, but no one from the PLL reached out to me. Um, and then I think what happened is I was talking to Jules and I was like, yeah, I want to make the jump. Like I haven't heard from anyone. Like, And he gave me Tom Schreiber's number. Mm -hmm. And so Tom Schreiber and Kyle Harrison are kind of two guys that handle like new players coming into the league. Um, So I spoke with Tom and and initially uh, how it was is like the the coaches of the seven teams um, were like compromising the pool of players that were going to be in the entry draft. And initially I actually wasn't even in that pool. So that kind of bummed me out a little bit. But, oh, um, done. that's the re- worst
0: thing they could have done, get you going.
2: <laughs> I know. And then I, I actually reached out to um, the Atlas coach, Ben Rubio, uh, just trying to take initiative. And I was like, I, I was just looking at rosters and teams that I mm-hmm. thought I could fit in. And I reached out to him. I was like, hey, if I don't get picked in the entry draft, like, can I add myself to the player pool and maybe get picked up and come to training camp? Um, so I was trying to go that route. If things didn't work out, and then actually I got a call like a week or two later from Tom saying that I actually was in the entry mm-hmm. draft, and then got picked by the Archers, and the rest is history. But it was a little confusing and uh, nerve-wracking. But uh, Tom was really good throughout the whole process and stayed in contact with me, so appreciate that. And now I'm his teammate, so it works out funny. But
1: why did you leave the leave the MLL for the PLL? You tell me why you you thought you needed to make the change.
2: Yeah, so like I said, like that was literally like my goal going into it um, was do well in the MLL and go to the PLL. And really the only reason is because the PLL, I think, has the best players in the world. I mean, there's great players in the ML, but the overall collection of talent in the PLL, I mean, I don't think I'm making a, an absurd statement by saying that the PLL has the best talent in the world. Um, I think that's common common knowledge from everyone. Um, and that's really the main reason. And, I mean, the exposure and what the PLL is doing in terms of building their league and building brands and building players' brands, that's just added stuff. But even if they weren't doing that and all the players were in my league, I still, would, I still would have made the jump uh, just because I want to see how I compare to the best players in the world.
1: Yeah, no, I completely get that. Um, the PLL has yeah. some great names, you know, Paul Rabel, Rob Pinnell, Tom Schreiber, probably the three of the best players like in the game right now. Um, have you felt like that the PLL has made you almost like a more of a pro athlete? Because a big thing in the MLL was a lot of guys are working two jobs. I know you still work two jobs. But one of the initiatives I think Paul Rabel was trying to get with the PLL was that they were trying to get lacrosse players to be more pro athletes trying to grow the game. Do you think that that is probably – well, I know that's why you switched, but you think that's a great platform for more players in the future to just pick the PLL over the MLL?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk bad about the MLL. Like,
1: of course, of course not. I didn't,
2: have, I didn't have any problems with them, like anything. Like I mean, yeah, there were red-eye flights and stuff like that, but, but that's not an issue. Uh, but, yeah, the PLL definitely seems a little bit more professional, and that's trending up. I mean, even the whole, like, coronavirus protocols that they've put in place, I mean, it's actually, like, mind-blowing to see, like, them talk about it and how much planning and care and, like, making sure everything is perfect goes into it. So, yeah, that definitely makes me feel like a professional athlete. Um, And, like, with all the sponsorships and stuff that they're doing and all the media stuff that they got going on, I definitely feel like it's, um, you know – trending in the right direction in terms of making lacrosse a professional sport that not only us as lacrosse players understand how much actually goes into it, but, you know, it could go to the general public and hopefully with the exposure on TV, people will start to see that it's a real sport that takes uh, some true athleticism.
1: Yeah. I think that, with the PLL taking the airtime that the Olympics were going to have this year being canceled, I think it's just only going to expose the game more to have more eyes look at it. Because obviously lacrosse has expanded over the last decade, but having those yeah. eyes and having a better TV deal compared to the MLL is only going to increase the is only going to increase you know the visibility of the sport, and that's going to make it so much better.
2: Yeah, and I mean the betting too is going to be cool. Um,
1: I forgot about that. Yeah,
2: I think lacrosse like the swings in lacrosse and like, momentum swings, like when you're talking in terms of betting, like that's going to drive some people crazy. <laughs> I mean, cause like you see like teams are up six goals and then it's tied up like that, you know? So I think people are going to get kind of hooked on it. Cause I mean, the thing with sports betting, right. That people love is like the adrenaline rush that you get when you're doing it. Right. And I don't think any other sport really has those like momentum swings like lacrosse.
0: If you want to care about something, put money on it. Because like because like 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 what like the first thing that came back was um the the match with Phil, Tom, yeah, Peyton yeah. and Tiger. And I have never watched a golf match before in my life, but I put some money on it and I was like glued to the TV. I was like, when Peyton hit the ball in the woods, I was like, Oh, my over's looking pretty good on that first hole. I'm huh, Peyton <laughs>
2: Yeah, dude. Once your money's on the line, you know that's that's the only thing that matters.
0: Now the archers, the, the team vibe. Um, I was, um, so there's a couple guys I've had interactions with. Brendan Fowler's a great a great guy, great friend who I've known yep. for a while. Um, I've had some interactions with Scott Ratliff. Um, he's a super awesome guy. Seems like the coolest teammate ever. Um, and then I've seen all the stuff on social media with with all those guys. This seems like such a great group of guys. But how hard was it to leave your Blaze teammates, which are now the barrage?
2: Yeah, that was uh, really difficult, honestly. Um, We developed some great relationships. I got great friends with Tommy Palasek, TJ Comizio,
1: and then we Mm -hmm. had all the
2: Canadian influence with Shane Jackson, Mark Matthews, Brian Cole, Randy Statz. I mean, and the team was amazing. Uh, Yeah, that was tough to leave those guys. But, um, you know, the opportunity was too big, I guess.
0: So, what's with, so I think you landed in in pretty much the ideal place. I mean, you look at the PLL coaches, all great coaches, but the one who has the most familiarity with you, one would think, would be Chris Bates with his background at Princeton, having played against you and us for three years 2000, honestly, actually, maybe a little bit more. So, because your first year at Rutgers was 2014, so 14, 15, 16, and 17, or was he, no, I think he he was,
2: he was, I think he might have been, right? I think he was gone after 16, but, yeah, I got to play against him. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think it's, like, a, the perfect fit in terms of all the PLL teams. Um, the two coaches I talked to were him and then Ruby for the Atlas, before the entry draft stuff. But, yeah, I think it's a good fit. And with the players they lost, I kind of slide in right there and kind of fill that void a little bit um, and get to work with, with Tom Sharber on that. Oh yeah, best player in the
0: world, arguably best player in the world. That's going to be awesome to watch you guys. Yeah, with
2: Tom, with Tom and Grant at X. I mean, all I really got to do is get open and just put the ball in the net. So that'll be nice.
0: (laughs) So Mazzo, you've you've kind of you know you you've handled adversity really well throughout your career. I mean, um, you tear your ACL as a freshman, um, and then you're a star. You play all these different roles. You're a huge reason for why Rutgers makes the jump from mediocrity to elite in college lacrosse. Um, And then fast forward to your time, you you get drafted by Ohio in the third Mm -hmm. round and you're not on the dress list. What has been the key for you in handling those tough times?
2: I think the key is really just to uh, just keep going. I mean, don't dwell on shit that you can't really control. I mean, with the Ohio stuff, like, that shit just pissed me off but it didn't stop me from continuing to go out and work on my game and work on my body I knew eventually that another opportunity would come um and with the ACL stuff that was tough and that definitely took like a little mental block that I had to get over with I mean just like putting in perspective and looking back at my my time at Rutgers I I wish after my ACL I kind of had that the mindset I had my senior year in terms of do everything that you can to make yourself the best player. Cause um, although I was an integral part on those 2016, 2017 teams, I think if the 2018 version of me uh, happened in 2016 and I could have controlled that, if I put my mind to it, I just didn't, uh, we could have been maybe a different team and I could have had a different career there um, with maybe more success than just the senior year as much, but it's just keep going, keep doing what you can and, and try new things that, uh that work for you um if you don't try it you never know how you feel about it so that's kind of my motto
0: that's awesome man And it's like uh i'm gonna take some credit for uh for you getting over that mental hump because i remember i remember uh, <laughs> my first semester at ruckers was uh, you coming back from the ACL, I think like third or fourth practice, like I'm feeling pretty good about my ability to D up people. I'm like, well, we're doing one-on-ones. I'm like, oh, this guy who's 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 actually the one person I found on the team who's shorter than me. Then I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't
2: know if that's true. I don't think that's true. Like, come, on, oh, come on. It's
0: true. It's true. Um, no. And then, then I'm like, oh, he's got this knee brace on. Oh, man, he's not going to have any shake. I got him. I got him. And you shook me out of my shoes, broke my ankles. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, this kid's legit.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have a similar memory. I mean, my freshman year, I came in a year after shown and, you know, I saw man, I still, you still had the knee brace on. And, you know, I think one day I was just like going to play defense. You know, I played offense. and I was terrible at defense, but <laughs> I like you, you swam me. And I was just like, uh, this is Division One lacrosse. I got to, like, you know, I got I to gotta <laughs> step my game off a little
2: bit. Yeah, bro. Don't worry. Those happened to me my freshman year, too. So. Yeah, I mean, it you know. Happens. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's just – but that's how special of a player you were, man. And and that's why we're doing this, because we want people to see how special our Rutgers guys are, because there's so many of us. Going back to you specifically, you're playing on the field. Um, mm-hmm. So, I look at you going into this PLL thing, and – you're like especially the two-week turnaround like you're the you're a swiss army knife jack of all trades guy who who can do everything and that's why i think you guys are probably going to be one of the favorites because you were a defensive midfielder your first year your first two years back and, and a half and you yeah. were an all-american in high school and then you're an all, you're a two-way midi in with the blaze and you know make no mistake mll is still very good lacrosse and yeah. So you're like you're going into this two week tournament. You are a guy who can do everything.
2: Yeah. I, I don't. I know. I. i For some reason, I don't know why. Like people don't even like understand that about me. That like I, I, I was a D mid for three years and then changed the offense. Like it just like I don't know if they're just not talking about it or it's just not like they don't know. But yeah.
0: They I just mean, don't know. They don't know what they don't know, bro. We can, yo, we, I guess we, so, yeah. It's not their fault. We just, we just got to let them know.
1: I was just going to say with the PLL, you know, it's not It's – they've changed the rules. They've shortened the field. It's a 52-second shot clock. It's almost become almost more like a basketball game. It's really up and yeah. down. It's becoming, you know, as we see in basketball, it's more positionless. You don't really see centers anymore. Everybody's got to be able to dribble. Everybody's got to be able to shoot. Do you th- – I think – have you have you talked to Coach Bates at all about, like, what your role will be? Or is it just almost going to be, like, an amoeba? Like, you're going to mold to, like, whatever the team needs in that sort of situation because that's how you kind of play.
2: Yeah, no, I've talked to Coach Bates about it. Um, he, he definitely is, a, like, aware of my versatility. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Sean said, like, he, he coached against us when I was playing D-Mid when he was at Princeton, um, and he, he watched some film back with the Blaze. And um, his kind of communication to me has been – that I will be more of an offensive role. Um, but I am one of those guys that, you know, we have too many, midi- the too middies running to the box. Like I'm going to be the guy getting in the hole and, and transition and stuff like that. And um, I know they have some great team mids and Dominique, uh, Mark McNeil and Tyler Fester who, who run the wing. But like Sean said, in this two week craziest tournament where we're going to be playing games all the time, like, I imagine I'll be stepping up and taking some wings, um, and that stuff really—it like that's what gets me going. Like mm-hmm. a wing run gets my mind
1: focused. And oh like, yeah. Picking
2: up a tough ground ball, like that, just gets me into the game, and then it kind of just settles in from there. And uh, I just let it come to me. That
1: I always say that people don't realize how tough. I know you're going to be playing all over the field. That how tough defensive mid the defensive midi position is. And people don't yeah. realize that don't watch lacrosse is how big of like an, a tough ground ball is. It's that extra possession that people don't realize. And I feel like that's where your role is going to be in the archers. Obviously you're going to be running transition everything, but it's all those little things that you do is going to make you such an asset to the archers. That I don't that I think people are sleeping on, honestly.
2: Yeah. And I think like, honestly, like to your point, like what I've been thinking about a lot is like when you get these um crazy collection of talent and it's such mm-hmm. a small roster, like, You have a guy like Tom Schreiber, right? And obviously no midfielder in the world is better than Tom Schreiber. But then you get someone coming in from college who was the guy at their place and Mm -hmm. they were the Tom Schreiber of their school. They don't know how to now play with a star because they've always been the star. So Mm -hmm. I think me being kind of like a
1: guy
2: who's not necessarily like Jules type who easily – offensive initiator he has the ball like we all play off of him like i've learned how to do that so i'm just coming in there um like you said i'm going to do the dirty work and i already know how to work off these star players and i don't need the ball in my stick necessarily to make an impact like some other people do
0: but i think that's where you make the most impact like in between the yeah. lines like like coach breck calls you calls you a warrior and i couldn't agree with him more and i think guys like fowler and bones Stephen Kelly, they're gonna love you on the wings because I was listening to Greg's podcast, uh, The Stripe, yeah, and he was talking about how much, how many transition goals were scored off the face-off. So let's say we have you, Bones, and uh, Dominique or something on the wing. Like, I don't think people realize like what a problem you guys are gonna be in those transition situations. Coach Bates is a smart guy; like, he could craft all sorts of crazy stuff to do with you guys. I'm really excited to watch.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. I love creating transition off the off the pace. it all started with Nards and Sicko and Banks back in the day, man. We we ran that shit so hard, but um, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, I I just hope I get to get Good to old. Good old Rutgers NASCAR. Yeah, Rutgers NASCAR, <laughs> bro. Just run them in transition. <laughs>
1: But um, probably, I know you mentioned this before. Obviously, with COVID going on, and you guys have to do all Zoom meetings and everything, you can't really be in person. How has the camaraderie been between everybody? I know that's a shortened season, but do you feel like you guys have the opportunity, and feel like you guys are comfortable with each other enough to like to compete for a championship?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been really good. I mean. They got their core guys, so they have a good chemistry already. And the new guys like me, Grant, Eli coming into it, like they've already kind of brought us into the fold. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't able to go down to Utah and hang out with them like Grant, Eli. But, um, I mean, the, the Zoom meetings, I mean, I'm a little bit of like a, I guess a little bit of social anxiety a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the Zoom meetings too much because I haven't. Ah,
0: just pretend you're in the Robinson basement, bro.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like it's like yeah. I'm about to. I've never really met you guys, but here's my face and I'm in my house. Like, what's the, Like, it's a little awkward for me, but they've been like, it hasn't been like anything. Now I'm like, fuck these guys. Like, they're great guys, Um, and they've been integrating me into the fold. So I'm just excited to finally get to meet them in person and get to say, play with them on the field and uh, become good friends with them uh, off the field. So.
0: So let's go back to uh Rutgers so like how do you think your Rutgers experience prepared you to handle professional lacrosse and handling your job in the process because obviously most lacrosse players um they're full time lacrosse players or they are a full time coach or they're a yeah. full time lacrosse player or they're a lawyer or they're a um they're they're on Wall street or something like that how How do you think for the guys who are going to be um, potentially in your position coming up and people looking at Rutgers, how did that prepare you both professionally and uh, pr- both professionally in lacrosse and professionally in the real world? And you know what professionally as a person?
2: Yeah, I think um, my time at Rutgers really helped me, especially those last two years um, I think in the beginning at Rutgers, I was still kind of immature and wasn't really focused on, you know, what could be ahead of me in terms of professional stuff and also athletics if I really put my mind to it and put myself out there all the time. Um, And that really changed my junior and senior year. Um, And that just changed with like you know forming more close friendships with certain people on the team or just kind of self-reflecting of what I really wanted out of my Rutgers career. Um, and I've just carried that on after I graduated. Um, and that really has helped me. And I don't think if I had that revelation in college that I'd be playing professional lacrosse right now. I think I'd be, um, you know, just in a dead end job that I don't want to be in instead of getting to have fun and play lacrosse still. So I, I attribute it to me just growing up and I think Rutgers helped me, especially the type of um, team chemistry and team environment that we started to create at the end there. Um, I think that was a huge factor. So,
0: As someone who saw you grow, man, and I guess we kind of grew up together. Uh, it's yeah. beautiful to see. And and that's awesome. I remember after that 2015 season, that was so tough. I went home with you guys to, uh, you were living on Robinson street and mm-hmm. you were like it was like i think the week we lost to penn state on the road we it, it was a night game we it was like four hour drive back we got back at like three four a.m and like it was the next day or or that monday or tuesday and you were like yo um i'm out i'm transferring to providence <laughs> <laughs> and i was like uh, i just got here why the hell did i come here it's that bad damn <laughs>
2: Oh shit! But yeah, then, dude, it was a but, rough time.
0: Tom. Yeah, and but it, we we grew up together, and and I think it's prepared us. And um, we'll elaborate. Um, we're gonna have beat on. Uh, we're gonna elaborate more on the culture change uh, with him. Yeah. Um, he's a lot older than both of, or he's actually he's not that much older than us. But um, I think it's gonna be great to talk to him and talk about the the culture change and, and stuff. Um, we'll
1: be right back with our interview with Christian Mizone. But first, a word from our friends at Simply Safe. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafecom slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. Now, back to Christian.
0: There's so much that goes into it, into culture at a college team. And, and even, I mean, listen, I've never played pro lacrosse, but it seems like culture is a big thing in pro lacrosse too.
2: Yeah, the culture for pro lacrosse, I mean, it, it's definitely a little bit more like on your own because you're just you only go and get to see them on the weekends but in Mm -hmm. terms of like the accountability stuff that you know that's really what started to change at Rutgers I think that was a huge culture change for us was holding people accountable for their actions that's definitely true in pro lacrosse I mean people are like either like sending their workouts or like whatever it is in the group chat like you know everyone else on your team is working so if you're not working then what are you doing um so yeah, that's definitely true. And and then going back to Beta, I mean, I would just like to say that Beta is definitely the catalyst for what Rutgers look off is now. If there was no Scout Beta at Rutgers, I don't know where Rutgers look off would be. He's probably still at the bottom of the big ten standing. So
0: And you know what? That's um that's kind of why we want to talk to him I, I agree yeah. with everything you just I agree with everything you just said. I feel like he he he's the kind of person that like when you look at the way he plays, like he makes everyone around him better, but the way he leads, he made all of us better versions of ourselves. And I feel like that's so powerful. And I feel like you guys um, now, I don't know that many of the guys on your team personally, but I feel like you guys have a lot of those type of guys. So I'm excited to see that. Like,
2: yeah, I think like, like with people like Scott Peter, like there's two big things that make them great leaders is one. They lead by example. And two, they like mesh all personalities really well. Like it all filters up to beater, right? And mm-hmm. he's able to mesh everyone together for one common goal and we follow him. And that's what I get the same vibe from like Scott Ratliff and all the leaders on and Tom Schreiber on it, on the archers team is that similar, like you can clearly tell this guy has his shit together. He's working his heart, his ass off, but he's also someone that, anyone can go to for any problems and he can kind of mesh um, you know the different personalities on each team because you always find that on every, yeah. every pro sports team.
0: And that's why they're the best players in the world man like like yeah. like, like all that stuff like, Wally used to say with uh, controlling the controllables and vulnerability is a strength uh, you know those guys are I know it was kind of new for a lot of us at Rutgers but those guys have been on it for a long time and that's why they've been as good for as long as they have
1: been. I know that we talked about you mentioned a little bit almost having a lot of lacrosse players have two jobs. They really only get together on the weekends. Um, You know, lacrosse being the professional sport is professional athletes, you know, MLB, NFL, you name it. They only have one job that's having to, having, you know, to control their sport. So you as a lacrosse player have a job at Boeing and you have job being a professional lacrosse player. How hard is it to, I know you say it's, you know, working out on your own and everything. How hard is it to manage working out, and having a full-time job
2: yeah it's definitely hard i mean because half your day is spent there you know and you got your responsibilities there but i mean you just gotta you gotta love i mean if you're a professional lacrosse player you really gotta love lacrosse Mm -hmm. right because like you said you have to go to work for eight hours and then do your training either before or after and you just gotta get it in um and i mean i look forward to the training so it's not like i'm I'm dreading it while I'm at work. I'm looking forward to it. So it's tough to balance at times, um, but, I mean, you just got to go with the grind, you know.
1: Have you ever thought about leaving either?
2: Yeah. If I was to leave, I would leave probably Boeing um, mm-hmm. just because I love lacrosse. I've been training kids more. You know, I, still, I coach out here, and I love doing that stuff. So hopefully one day.
0: Yeah, I was talking to OD. He said he, uh, he loves having you out there. Yeah, Od's the man. I've been working with City Fed too lately. So yeah, Od, dude, Od's the man. We did. Uh, I'm at. I'm. I'm coaching at Seton Hall Prep, and he's an alum. So he, uh, yeah, did a couple of Zoom sessions with us, and it was cool to learn uh, with him about the box game. Now, do you see yourself potentially going in a box? I think your your game. I was actually watching the Syracuse Rutgers game today. It was on BTN on replay, and I see you know yeah. Jules Jules feed it to you inside, like no room. You finished it. Like I feel like your game really could translate well to the box game. Would that be something you consider?
2: Yeah, I mean I don't want to give anything away, but I have been talking to one of the NL teams. So,
0: oh yo, we got yo, you get some breaking news. I wanted to yo, don't tell inside lacrosse, <laughs> sure. bro. You got to tell us. You got to <laughs> look it to us, bro. Yo, yeah, sure. we wanted. Yeah, we wanted to get uh Kieran on and uh, to break the news he was coming back. And is he hey, coming back?
1: Yeah, he is coming back. Yeah, they they wouldn't let us back oh, on. He he wrote a whole article. He wrote a horror article in Sports Illustrated. Said I'm coming back to New Brunswick.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think they're going to be pretty loaded this year. And they got the first kid now. Good thing you're uh, not living in that house anymore.
2: i was going insane in that house especially that back room that was the worst room in the world
0: oh yeah that's because like every time we have a we have a party like they go through your room to get to anything yeah
2: to get in
1: i was the back door you're like harry potter living under the stairs
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was worse (laughs) That's that's crazy yo i remember yo i remember um i remember when you moved in there that was hysterical because yeah, because, pretty- um, whatchamacallit, everyone would always, like, sit on your bed and shit. And I was like, oh, no, Mazzo's going to be pissed.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get the hell off and his bed. The, my senior year, I was, like, not even into the, like, my fifth year, I was, like, not into the whole drinking every fucking weekend scene anymore. And, like, there was, there was one party where I, like, went to a library because I was, like, my room just got overtaken.
0: <laughs> yo that's actually that's actually a good sub uh, a good segue to this question um what do you think about so there's the all, so obviously we know a bunch of Rutgers alumni um we are recent graduates what do you think mm-hmm. of you know it used to be college across used to be you know kind of this one big party like you kind of yeah. you kind of do your thing as a student you do your thing as a as a lacrosse player and there's not as much buy-in there's not as much money into the sport. Um, but then a lot now everyone's taking it seriously from top to bottom across the country. Um, what do you think about, like, obviously I think the sport, the sports science and all that stuff tells you, you got to take care of your body. You got to eat right. You got to, you got to practice and all that good stuff, which, which is proven to do to improve performance and you should do those things. But, what do you think about the the whole camaraderie aspect of it and, and the, the letting loose a little bit and, and having being more of a human being sometimes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been thinking about, like I, I was thinking about my time at Rutgers and like what it was. And it kind of alludes to what you're saying. Like my first couple of years there, I was more focused on the partying than lacrosse. And I think that, Reflected on field. Um, I think I was. Yeah, I think I was a good enough player to have a spot on the field. But I mean, I was not. I I, I played my role as a defensive midfield to the best of my ability. But I, I was by no means happy that I was playing defensive midfield. I think I could have been doing way more for the team.
0: Oh God! And, I remember when you you and Coach Mitch got into it. That was like a turning yeah. point. No, you and me actually got into a fight in the middle of that film session.
2: I know, I know, I know. And honestly, I mean, I was wrong. I should have, instead of feeling like resentment or some type of way towards the coaches, I should have been doing everything I could to make sure that I wasn't what the type of position I wanted to be with all the work I was doing outside of practice. But that's not what I was focused on. I was focused on the part. Now, fast forward to the last two years where my role kind of changed. Um, I was strictly focused on lacrosse and pretty much was like no drinking. And I think that was not the right way to do it either. I think as a captain on the team, I think I was so narrow-minded and I want to make the NCAA tournament and be a star player and hopefully win a championship. And if you're not doing everything that I'm doing, then your wrong. was totally not the way I should have been a leader. I think I should have been better at, you know, handling all the different personalities on our team to come to one common goal and coming up with um, compromises on each side I think that would have been a way better way to look at it so I think in terms of your question lacrosse should be the number one priority but by no means let it take over your college experience Um, there's no reason why you can't get all the work you need to do to be the player you want and still have some fun with your friends, um, on Saturday or, or on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, just, you know, don't abuse it. Like I kind of was my freshman and sophomore year.
0: <laughs> oh man, that, that's a, dude. That's, that's some great advice, man. I re, honestly, I, I totally feel that. Cause you know, me, I mean, I was kind of the same way in terms of like laser focused into lacrosse and it just gets in your, yeah. it gets in your head, man. It just becomes like a burden.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think definitely once after like like lacrosse is obviously still something I I'm all about, but like I do stuff outside of just training for lacrosse that eases my mind, and it's not always drinking and stuff like that. But yeah, you got to have those yeah. balances, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah, and and you don't have to you don't have to you know you don't have to like go absolutely like um go on a bender to 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 do yeah. something to get your mind off of lacrosse. I think some people especially the college kids, they, they get that confused. Like, like, yeah, you can, you can obviously have a good time every now and then, but like, you know, go, you know, pl- go play the guitar, like go join a club, Yeah, like, yeah. Go like, do go, stuff. yeah. like go do something cool. Like go play some golf. Like, yeah, go do, go do something like that. That's, that takes your mind off of, off of lacrosse because it can consume you.
1: Yeah. There's definitely and a I mean, thing also, of too much fun though. There's definitely a thing of too much fun. I 100%, definitely yeah, yeah. too much fun. That's so. what I was just gonna
2: that's what I was just gonna say, Taters like nowadays, like <laughs> if I go and have a drink, like I'm not I'm drinking like maybe one or two, maybe three like mixed drinks. Like in college, my freshman sophomore year, like I was just pounding alcohol for no I, reason. I, mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was, I
1: was I was doing the same thing. Like, you know, as soon as I got to college, it was basically, like, hey you know, the reins are off. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I gained like 20 pounds. And, you know, my, co- my high school coach looked at me and be like, Ryan, you look like, you know, you look like you gained 20 pounds. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but I really
0: did. Oh, Lovejoy love lets you
1: have me. The or like, you know, you that's could go like, out, you, you could, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, yeah.
2: Like, you can still go out, like, with your friends Friday, Saturday, and not absolutely bomb out and have a good time and be part of the team. You know what I mean? Like just like don't feel any pressure or anything like that to like go out and just get completely wasted because that's not really fun for anyone
0: yeah oh yeah absolutely but it's 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 crazy because i feel like um when you're like you put in all that hard work and then let's say you you win that you win the game and then you have a good time like that's almost that almost counts as like 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 five five days of like a shit, like just a random Tuesday night or something, like when things aren't going well.
1: Random, random tuna's Tuesday nights are my specialty. There um, <laughs> <laughs> you got Taters. under that oh queen. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yo, ta- yo, Taters. Yo, tater, did Taters tell you he had 55 beers this fall in one day? <laughs>
2: That's insane.
1: Yeah, I, I I was a different person. What time did you start? I started at eight AM and I finished at two AM the next day. So
0: Yeah, you gotta get on uh you know chat <laughs> introducing the ultras,
1: remember that it, it was it was it was um I don't know, I was having like three an hour. I don't know, I was I was just in a different world. The at, day? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was a college football on Saturday.
1: Oh yeah, it was a college football Saturday. I was wearing a white shirt. it
2: might be a valid excuse, then. You know. All
1: right, so we're gonna end the interview. We put we have five questions. We're gonna give these to Nardella and Jules too. So the first question, yeah. right? So it's gonna be rapid fire in the honor of Craig Kilborn. Five questions. So favorite? Are you bar?
2: Ooh, I guess Queens. Ah, fuck that. I like the other one. What's that one called? Huey. Huey Huey's
1: <laughs> nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Huey's. Queens is too crowded. Yeah, I mean, especially with Corona, it's a little bit too crowded there. I mean, so oh, no. say
0: yeah, yeah. Huey's is crowded too though.
1: Yeah, More man. space though. They, the in, though. they just let people in though.
0: They just let people in.
1: Um number two. Number two. Upstate New York or downstate New York? Is Downstate New York like
2: Yorktown and stuff? Yorktown, Long Island, all that.
0: New NYC. Oh, yeah.
2: come on, downstate down, <laughs> Long Island and Downstate and Downstate. Long Island's its own thing in my head. I know, I know. It's it's your it's your thing. Um, Cruz would so pissed when I'd be like, Yorktown was upstate. <laughs> I was like, Bro, i go north to get to you, so you're upstate.
0: <laughs> he, he was probably like, yo, it's all about the why," and then showed you his why tattoo. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah, I think that's actually what happened.
1: So. I, my cousins live in Utica, which is, that's like actually upstate. But that's upstate.
2: Yorktown's that's like, up like, it's
1: like, yeah, it's a completely different world. Yeah. Um, West Coast or East Coast?
2: West Coast. Whoa! Really? really? Wow! It's nice out here, guys.
0: Oh man, it's nice, but it rains out there.
2: It does rain a decent amount, but it honestly, Washington gets a bad rap. It's more just gray. It doesn't rain too much.
1: Wow! Oh. Favorite, uh, funniest uh, Rutgers memory. Could be quick.
0: <sighs> well you could you could tell a story. Either, uh,
2: uh I'm trying to think of like. The first two that popped in my head was Breck throwing the Gatorades into our locker room and saying, you guys, take, take, take. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or him calling out 133 Lewis on the Penn State bus. Take,
1: take, take, take. You never give. Uh, And and the last one to get some headlines. Will the Archers win the PLO championship in 2020?
2: Come on, bro. Yes, of course. Love it. Headline grab. (laughs) <laughs> August 10th That's the, that's the day The Archers win the ship
1: Oh
0: I got one more For you actually Bonus Marking question down. Bonus question I got a bonus question For you Alright so you're on defense You you get switched on To Jules Who's winning that
2: matchup <laughs> I am <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm jamming him hard Jam him hard He's gonna, try He's gonna try to Juke me right Go left I'm gonna jam him
1: hard Hey man, Juke
2: Lab, bro. Watch yo, your you're
0: taking yo yo. You're you're, you're taking it to the ju- you're taking it to the Juke Lab.
2: Yeah, he's. I'm gonna be over aggressive. He's not gonna be ready for it. Disrupt his move.
0: Oh, all right, all right, all right.
2: We're not even gonna play him though. Only playoffs.
0: Oh, oh, I didn't look at the schedule. I probably should have did that as know, a as so. a new talking head.
1: Well, you're gonna uh, beat him in the playoffs then. So you know. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude. Um, so listen, Mazzo, um, you're actually the first ever guest of this podcast.
2: Look at that. Let's Congratulations. Recurring guest. Recurring guest. notching my belt. Yeah. You, so, you guys got to send me a shirt.
1: Yep, I got to send you a shirt. And then every time, you, every time <laughs> I ask, you have to come on, no matter what.
0: Yeah, yep. dude, we well, are the, working those on some rules.
1: Those are the rules. But okay, anyway. Send me someone. I'll
2: rip you guys
0: thanks brother hey um, really appreciate you coming on man I only expected like 20 minutes we got like like 35-40 minutes like we really? could make
1: this a whole podcast bro yeah make we
0: could fun. honestly we could um,
1: to- yeah bro this is fun
0: hey we you could. made it to the end or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan
1: you stay classy peace guy out of the way